All right, let's banter, Patty. All right, Sarah, what do you want to talk about today? Uh, what are your thoughts on robots? Um, I hope that they don't kill us all. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you they are going to kill us. Well, why? Uh, well, my brother told me a story because I found out that Elon Musk, the guy who does Tesla, doesn't believe in robots. Like, he's like, he's like nah, I don't want anything to do with them. And it's because, not because, but, like, he believes, and it's true, like, it's proven, that they will, they'll, like, make their own type of communication. Like, these researchers had, like, four robots, and they, like, started encrypting their conversations with each other so the researchers couldn't know what they were saying. Ew, I don't like that. Yeah. So, like, and then, like, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna rise up, take us all over, we're gonna start living in the Matrix. Skynet! Yes. No, the Terminator. Yes, I have not seen the Terminator, but yes. You have not seen the Terminator? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh! How do you... How? How? I I, I don't don't know. It's like my brother's favorite movie. His groom's cake was the Terminator at his wedding. Oh my god. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, I know. But how do you... uh, I don't know how you survive in pop culture. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'll be back. I, I know that. I know the lines from it, and I know the general story. I've just never seen it. You need to see it, though. But yes, robots gonna kill us all. Well, I'm glad we're talking into a robot right now, then. Well, that's not a robot. It doesn't have artificial intelligence. It looks like the robot, the microphone we're using looks like the friggin' robot from, uh, was it, War of the Worlds, the tripod, where it comes down and it's like, well, I haven't like, seen that either. Ugh. It's I, I don't like, I don't like, like, alien I mean, it movies. was a terrible movie, but, um... <laughs> But the only alien movie I like is Men in Black. Oh, well, yeah, that's understandable. Also, Alien. Alien? Yeah, I never saw that. It's scary. it's creepy, but it's a good movie. Oh, okay. So, Alien. Oh, I saw Prometheus. Isn't that like the prequel to something? That. Yeah, it was a prequel to Alien. I yeah, I didn't like that. I, never... I didn't like it at all. It okay. was creepy. Well, okay, I've never seen that. She, like, like an alien crawled its way out of her womb. Ooh. Well, yeah. yeah, that's kind of what happens. They, like, attack your face and go, and then they light eggs in your... That's gross. It's very gross. That's gross. Yeah, but it's creepy. I don't like it. Aliens was good though because it's very it's very feminist. You should watch it. Isn't that that was on the Great Movie Ride? Yeah, Aliens. Which last day is tomorrow? They're closing it. Tomorrow's the last day. It's oh open. Oh my god, that's yeah. so sad. I know. Gosh, that's really I know. depressing. This this conversation was a lot of things, but uh, robots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that movie has robots. Speaking of other things that are kind of terrible, today we are going to talk about narcissism. Yay, we have a special guest. We do. We this have our friend Amy. Hi, Amy. Hello, y'all. We're so happy you're here. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be good. Amy is become has become kind of an expert on narcissism mm-hmm. in that she's dealt with it in her own life. Not her, but other people. Um, if she were a narcissist, I don't think she would be able to admit that she was a narcissist. That's very true. About it. That's very true, and she wouldn't. We probably wouldn't be friends with her. It's actually a symptom of narcissism is the inability to admit that you are one. Yeah. Oh, and there is yeah. your first fact of the day, guys. <laughs> um, so we have a we have a lot to talk about today. Yeah, so it's we're probably going to be a two parter. Exactly. Yeah, so there's a lot. It's going to be. And you're going to learn a lot today <laughs> because we've been friends with Amy for how many years? Ten now? or so. Yeah, about yeah, ten years. About ten, give she's, or take. Yeah. And she's like the most amazing person ever. She oh, was with us during the whole Lucinda <laughs> thing. Oh, yeah. I had my own Lucinda stories. That was interesting, listening to that. I was like, oh, I, I remember that. And, oh, <laughs> I, could, I could add to that. And oh. Uh, so. Yeah, so there's a lot. <laughs> yep. But um, yeah. yeah, so... Well, how about we start with actually, well, 
How about you introduce yourself? Like, what? Tell us about yourself, Amy. Okay, well. <laughs> to our loyal fans. <laughs> Give us your elevator pitch. Exactly. Elevator pitch. Why should we care what you have to say? Well, just a wonderful. little bit about me so far. Um, I am going to be 30 in November, which Woo! is crazy, and I don't <laughs> okay. feel like it. And I honestly don't look at either because I get most people thinking I'm still in my 20s, but that, like, We're early 20s. <laughs> my early 20s, so. I um, want to keep that as long as possible. <laughs> but I'm also five months pregnant, which is fun. Woo, <laughs> it's my first child. My, Tater my, yeah. my, Yes. My husband is um, super excited. We're having a boy. Yay. So, um, and, and part of that in my life is what causes me to look back on this subject with a little bit more, um, I guess, focus because I want to make sure that I do not um, replicate any of this for my child. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but yeah, I come from a big family. I'm going to keep details a little um, on the downside today just because um, sensitive things. But um, essentially, my father um, has never been diagnosed, but anyone who's known him. Um, would know for sure, 100%, that he has narcissistic personality disorder, which is more severe than just narcissism. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Do y'all, can y'all think of anybody you know who might, like, you don't have to say their names, but anyone who might be narcissistic? Me. <laughs> um, Obviously, every time I pass, like, a shiny thing, I'm like, I'm so pretty. No. Is that being narcissistic, though, or is that just conceited? Well, I, like, I haven't seen this much love might, in the room since exactly. Narcissus discovered himself. Oh. We might start <laughs> off with just a little quiz, but I have... Um, oh, quizzes are Yeah. Excuse me. Is it like a Cosmo quiz? Um, Except less dirty? No, I mean, it's not exactly a quiz, it's just... I've done a lot of research, so I have, um, I don't know if you guys have a place where y'all can post, like, show notes or anything, like, links to things. Uh, Twitter, maybe? Twitter, I don't yeah. know, but if anyone's interested, y'all can ask, and I'm sure um, the great Patty and Sarah can provide you with these links, because yeah. I have a lot of websites that I did research on. Which reminds me, welcome to Simply Smashing. <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> We did not yeah. introduce the actual show. We rarely do that. Yeah, and we always remember like five minutes into it. But yes, this is simply smashing. If this is your first time joining us, we uh, talk about a lot of social issues and other fun things, whatever we feel like talking about. Yeah, that people yeah. need to know about, especially when it comes to like mm-hmm. abuse. Social, mental, and emotional. Men- yeah. We also do some fun stuff. Like last week, we did oh peeping bosoms. <laughs> that was so funny. With the from a romance novel. Yes, and made Shelly really uncomfortable. Yes. And that was really She's fun. maturing. I'm so proud. <laughs> she was able to read it without that. I probably yeah. would have been I was very, with her, though, and uh, I'm married. So. <laughs> <laughs> the $2 romance novels. But yeah, so it's, it's pretty much... Yeah. Thank you, you for joining go us. Go wherever the wind takes you. Exactly. And, and today it's yeah. taking us... To narcissism. Well, and what brought me, because I've, like they said, I've been friends with these ladies for quite a while, and I knew they were doing this podcast, and I knew that they were going to do a great job, but when I heard their first episode, I just had this overwhelming, gripping, like, emotion that I needed to go on and talk about this issue, because it's something that I've become quite passionate about, because I know the damage that it does. Um, but first off, let's 
do a little quiz, shall we? Okay. Yeah. We'll do our quiz, and then I'll kind of shoot us right into what we're talking about today. Awesome. So narcissism, um, everyone has some kind of narcissistic tendency from time to time. Yes, yeah. we have seen from Sarah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Prime example. So, um, <clears throat> so you may have one or two of these things, but it doesn't mean that you are one. So, you have a habit of giving unsolicited advice. Yes. Now, I'm going to I'm going to know that each one of these headlines, you're probably going to say, "Oh, that's me, that's me, that's me." But okay. I'm going to go into a little bit more detail so that you realize that's not you. Oh, okay. Oh, Thank okay. you. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. I did this for my husband and he's like, "Oh, no." And I was like, "No, let me continue reading." And he was like, "Oh, yeah, that's not me." So, um just little snippets of this. Um, by acting more sophisticated than everyone in your in the room, you are bolstering your inflated sense of self, unfortunately, at their expense. So, yeah, giving unsolicited advice. <clears throat> oh, okay, but in a condescending kind of way. Yes. Like, I know more than you. Right. In every way. Yes. And I'd like to note that um, my father exhibits um, all of these. So. <laughs> But I'll go into more of that. And later. we have met Amy's father, and we can 100% vouch for everything that she says. Oh yes. And, spl- <laughs> and then we and yes, <laughs> and other stories that we probably don't know about. Yeah. That we're probably there's gonna... a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. Well, like 25 <laughs> years, well, more than. Five. I lived at home till I was almost 27. So yeah, there there is a lot. I'm yeah. sure. So I've been married for in October will be three years. I lived at home. Woo! Until I was <laughs> just wooing everything. Well, I'm she excited, was there. okay. Patty made the cake at my wedding, so Woo! it was a very awesome cake. And she's making the cake at the and baby shower. S- Sarah, I know! And Sarah oh helped God. transport it, didn't you? Yes, yeah, she did. Did I? No, no, you didn't. Was it you? I thought you. No, thought. that was no, that was, your, that was your, your sister's, sister's wedding. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. I make yeah. I make cakes for one. all of her That's family. Right. You know? Yeah, that was a huge one. Yours was easier to transport. I think you're it was, like, welcome. Different so, yes. <laughs> so thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you also detest waiting in line, or more like waiting on other people. Yeah. Um, they want <laughs> automatic compliance because they are that important. Um, whether you're conscious of it or not, you live your life with a sense of entitlement and for better or worse, expect the world to revolve around you. Uh, no, I'm just impatient. See? <laughs> <laughs> like, no one likes to stand in line, but what's the reason for it? Right. Shorter yeah. Your ambition knows no bounds. No, you know? I'm lazy. We want, you know, <laughs> it doesn't mean ambitious people are narcissists, but um, these particular people... That type of grandiose assumption is a classic symptom of narcissists. They tend to believe that they are naturally special and part of an elite class that deserves only the best. They also prefer to associate with other high-status people and may obsess over status symbols and even Mm. belittle anyone who doesn't perceive to be part of the same exclusive club. Oh. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You're you're starting to feel like, no, it's not. Uh, No. No. No, I hang out with Sarah, so obviously I'm not that. I'm not I'm concerned with social class. No. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I think I'm better than you. <laughs> so, you, you, next is you know how to turn on the charm. No. Um, 
You've got a knack for making other people feel important. Your relationships probably move quickly like the intoxicating whirlwind romances of storybooks, but all the admiration you shower on that person is part of an unspoken deal. You expect them, him, to make you feel just as attractive and intelligent. The minute he questions or criticizes you, the gig is up and he is sent swiftly from the pedestal to the trash heap. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Trash. We're in the long. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. So. That was inappropriate. I apologize. Not all men are trash. Hashtag not all men. Uh, I was never saying all men are trash. <laughs> a problem I shouldn't have to qualify it. Not all men. It's implied. Anyway. Just the bad ones. <laughs> Just like there's bad women, too. Exactly. You are the competitive type. Um... In the narcissist worldview, there are winners and losers, and the narcissist needs to win in virtually every domain. They have to make themselves out to be superior to somebody else. That compulsive drive to come out on top, no matter who ends up on the bottom, makes it difficult to celebrate other people's successes. I I think everyone's at least seeing one person in their life that exhibits some of these things. Yeah. Especially... One upmanship where it's like, oh, look at this cool thing I did. And then the other person comes in and is like, well, I did a thousand cool things like that before. <laughs> right. And before you were ever even born or something, you know, ridiculous. Yeah. Like, well, I uh, that. I know people. <laughs> Me? No, not you. No. People. I depend on you. Someone to tell me if I'm Sarah, Sarah, no, like, you are yeah. not a narcissist. No, you're not. You're just. You're, you're not a narcissist, but okay. no, like, have, it's all about me. Yeah. You have an air that you want people to think that, but you are not. You are a humble, okay. sweet, and caring person. Yeah, very much really empathy. And lying. no, <laughs> narcissists cannot empathize, okay. and you are a great empathizer. Aww. So trust me. empathy. I oh, see you. narcissism everywhere now. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you are true. not. You it's are true. not. So don't beat yourself up. Yay! <laughs> Come to me and I will tell you. <laughs> Everybody else so, just is like, no, I'm not a narcissist. I'm like, am I? <laughs> if no. you are questioning the it's, oh, you are right. a narcissist. Yeah, it's true. That. Yeah. It's true, though. Yeah, okay. Because it's easy just to be like, nope, nope, nope. Here's- I hate myself too much to be a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> I have too much self-learning. Well, we'll get into that. Some of, them, some of them are a little self-deprecating because they want you to make them feel better. Oh, yeah. But we're going to get mm-hmm. into that a little later. Okay. You're famous for holding grudges. To everyone else, you probably seem highly confident. The kind of person who doesn't give a crap what other people think. But for narcissists, that couldn't be farther from the truth. They care deeply about maintaining their idealized image of themselves and have trouble tolerating any sort of disapproval or insult. No matter how small a criticism, it feels like a huge attack, a huge assault, a personal attack. Rather than deal with their feelings, they get angry and seek revenge in one form or another. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I am thinking of many people yeah, now. Yeah. I know of a situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure one we're going to talk about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's never your fault. Um, narcissists refuse to be held accountable for their mistakes and bad behavior and instead shift the blame to someone else. Even within their close personal relationships, narcissists believe there's always a winner and a loser, and they will do whatever it takes to win. 
I'm the winner of Patty's Clues. <laughs> hashtag nobody likes Patty. <laughs> bring it back. No, don't bring it back. There was also the hashtag nobody likes Sarah, so, you know. That didn't take off, though. Well, neither did nobody likes Patty. I'm the only one that did it. And then I, I stopped doing it because it's so long to type out. I never even use hashtags, so. That was the trending hashtag at Amy's wedding was hashtag nobody likes Patty. Well, I was afterward. very standoffish that day. I don't remember. I resent that because... I am a narcissist, and I everyone likes me. Duh, of course. That, Hashtag nobody likes me. <laughs> that day was kind of a blur. In <laughs> um, you take advantage of people. Patty <laughs> 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 just looked at me from the I saw her from the corner of my eye. Um, narcissists, <laughs> narcissists expect others to revolve around their needs, but they refuse to do the same for anyone else. That means to get what you want, you aren't afraid to manipulate or bully whoever it is in your way, because in the end, it's all about you. Well, of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This one um, can be very subjective, depending on the person. Um, You have an addiction. Think about how people feel when they are high, untouchable, bulletproof on top of the world. In essence, the same sense of grandiosity that narcissists crave. So it could be drugs, it could be sex, it could be... Um, you know, shopping, it doesn't matter, um, for some people, um, social media, well, social media, um, I was reading that, um, gosh, I wish I could remember where it was, but narcissism is becoming, um, more recognizable, not because of social media, it feeds the narcissist's ability to boast about themselves. Uh So it's enabling them. Um, but narcissists, um, and their addiction could be, um, Recognition, applause, accolades, wanting to be appreciated. Yeah. So, um, I dare say that if you have one of those, don't freak out. If you have two (laughs) of those, don't freak out. Maybe you just need to take a look at yourself and realize, are you hurting those you love? Or is this for your own benefit? Or you, you know, just take... If you feel like you're a narcissist when you're reading all this, congratulations, you have hope. (laughs) Because I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of narcissists, um, especially ones that I know personally, would would listen to me say this and would not see it in them at all. Um, And we'll get into more of that later. But here's just um, a little something I wrote out because I'm not very good with on-the-fly stuff. And, um, Neither are we, but we don't know. <laughs> There's so much pressure. We take it till we make it. Well, I'm not sure we made it yet. Like Patty, I like to write, so I just Yay. had to get all my stuff down. So here we go. Amy is my writing partner. Yes. And our friendship has grown. <laughs> so, narcissism is not something I would have claimed to know anything about a few years ago. I heard people call other people narcissists, but I was just not along like I understood I could guess it wasn't a good thing, but I never much cared to learn what it was. I essentially guessed it was a severely conceited person. I never would have guessed that I had spent the first 27 years of my life under the roof of someone with textbook narcissism personality disorder. Love it when people are textbook something. <laughs> it's, 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 it's undeniable. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a long story that brought me to where I am today, and I would need many podcasts to relive it. Um, but today I'm just going to focus on the highlights and who I am today because of it. Um, my father has narcissism personality disorder in PD. I didn't know this until a few years ago after I got married, moved out, started really wondering what had gone so wrong. 
Now, after reading um, doing some research, it all makes sense on so many tragic levels. But the main reason I'm here today is not to wallow in self-pity at my less-than-ideal childhood or even uh, recent adulthood, but to help others realize that there is a way out and you do not have to feel guilty about wanting out. Bravo! Exactly. <laughs> and it's one thing to have a friend who is a narcissist, and I'm not... I'm um, putting that down. She's not naming names. She's but, looking directly at me and Sarah, by the way. I'm just well, kidding. No, it was just me. No. She was one or many friends. Well, I'm just saying that. Specifically two. It's, it's hard. I don't want to put down those who have narcissistic friends because that's hard. And we all have narcissists. We all had that narcissistic friend in our lives. Yes. And that was hard. Very hard. And I don't want to. You never want to. I'm very careful about. Um, when I talk about the hardships in my life, I never want to make it seem like mine are any more difficult or any better or extravagant than someone else's. We all have these hardships in our life, whether we speak about them or not, whether anyone can relate to, about them or not. Um, it doesn't mean that mine is any more noteworthy than yours. It just means that mine might be a little bit more flashy. <laughs> but um, Which shows that she is literally the opposite of a narcissist. <laughs> because she is not trying to minimize what anybody else is saying. And, yeah. like, well, having it as a parent is way, is way different than having it as a friend. Because yeah. even though, like, we talked about toxic friendships, and it does take a lot to get out of that, having it be a parent is a lot harder. More. In, yeah, it's yeah. because they are more directly involved in your life. They're the ones who technically gave you life. So yeah. it's harder to move away from that as opposed to a friend where you're not related to them. So mm-hmm. you're so that's what she I think <laughs> is going for, especially and the same thing with like a uh, or like a romantic partner. If you're mm. that's really hard too. Mm. But mm-hmm. for the sake of this, we're talking about just relatives, I guess. Right, parents. Yeah. Um, the repercussions of long-term contact with a narcissist can be devastating on many levels. For me, it was emotional and mental. For others, it could be physical or even all three. I am still learning things about myself that I realize now are a product of this influence in my life. Though I didn't know the real reason my relationship with my father as well as my mother began to deteriorate uh, around the time I started dating my now husband. That was almost six years ago. And now I haven't spoke to, spoken to my parents um, in nearly three years. It was sad and hard then, and that hasn't changed. I wish things were different, but the crux of the matter is that my life since has been so much more peaceful, and I realize now just how messed up it was before. I thought I had a good childhood, and that I had a good relationship with my parents, but one never realizes how dark it is until they turn on the light and can see. My choosing to walk away from my parents was not based on one particular event, but a lifetime accumulation of pain, emotional abuse, and distrust. This wasn't just mine either. either. It was shared by a lot of people, and this one particular event was just the straw that broke the camel's back. So we're going to go into the definition um, we talked about already, you know, whether if you could spot whether you were a narcissist or not. Um, Mayo Clinic 
which is right here in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> Represent. Represent. <laughs> so we have mayo. Um, Narciss- Did I tell you I ended up there when I tried to go to UNF to see you? Oh, no. <laughs> I ended up turning on to JTV, and I was like, I don't remember ever seeing Mayo before. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's just keep going straight. But Pretty I'm impressive. Turn- yeah. <laughs> I can see that. 20 years worth of living in that's what happened. <laughs> All right. Continue. Sorry. That's what, okay. What well, does the Mayo Clinic say about this? Feel narcissism? free to interject at any time because I'm. Um, I think you can tell that. <laughs> yeah. We do feel free. Yeah. No. To do that. <laughs> uh, we are entitled to uh, do that. Oh, that's right. You are. <laughs> I am merely at your whim. All right. <laughs> um, Mayo Clinic says that less than 1% of the U.S. population have narcissistic personality disorder. More people probably have narcissistic tendencies, but the two are very different. See, um, I didn't know that, and that was mm-hmm. a lot less than what I yeah. thought it would be, especially mm-hmm. since how many percent are sociopaths? Well, uh, 4% are sociopaths and 1% are psychopaths. And a lot of that I'm is... I'm sure they overlap. So sometimes. there's more psychopaths than... Yeah. I'm sure there are narcissists slash sociopaths. Well, and you have both. to think about it that narcissists don't go and get themselves diagnosed all the time. So That's there true. might be more. Oh. This is just oh. ones that we can surmise. Record one, recorded ones. Mm-hmm. That's very true. It's more commonly in men. Sarah's <laughs> so like, men are trash. <laughs> I didn't say it. No, no. Um... So it's rare, and fewer than 200,000 U.S. cases per year. Oh. Um, <clears throat> tends to affect every area of that person's life. So the symptoms, um, personality disorders are conditions in which people have traits that cause them to feel and behave in socially distressing ways, limiting their ability to function in relationships and other areas of life, such as work and school. If you have narcissistic personality disorder, you may come across as conceited, boastful, or pretentious. You often monopolize conversations. You may belittle or look down on people you perceive as inferior. You may feel a sense of entitlement. And when you don't get special treatment, you may become impatient or angry. You may insist on having the best of everything. Um, Yeah, and that means everything. Mm. Um, This doesn't sound like someone you want to be friends with, much less someone you have to honor and obey them oh true um just throwing that out there i am a christian and i do follow Woo! the bible i'm sorry amy deserves so, all the wounds um, she does i'm just startled it's, every time you do it. <laughs> it's okay i just wanted to throw that out there because um it had a big influence and still does on how i handled the situation um, my parents also claim to be Christians, but it's, um, it's hard to believe that when you act one way and say things. They're the kind that you think about, or like the, when you think about bad Christians or like the bad publicity that they The get. ones that give it a bad name. Yeah. Hypocrite. Hypocrites. Yeah. Yes. That's the yeah. They really are. So... There are um, five criteria for narcissistic personality disorder. Um, I think we already talked about that, but it includes having an exaggerated sense of self-importance, 
expecting to be recognized as superior even without achievements that warrant it. Mm-hmm. Exaggerating your achievements and talents. I've, I've seen your dad's resume, so yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, there's more than uh. just five here. Okay. Um, being preoccupied with fantasies about success, power, brilliance, beauty, or the perfect mate. Believing that you are superior and can only be understood by or associate with equally special people. Mm. Requiring constant admiration. Having a sense of entitlement. Expecting special favors. And unquestioning compliance with your expectations. Oh, yep. Taking advantage of others to get what you want. Having an inability or unwillingness to recognize the needs and feelings of others. Being envious of others and believing others envy of you. Behaving in an arrogant or haughty manner. Um, every single one of those things I read, I have um, written something beside them that my father has done for each one of those things. <laughs> so, would you guys like to hear some of them? Yes. <laughs> we really do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't go into a lot of details, but just so that you can kind of get the idea. Um, I feel like there's probably some people that say others are narcissistic and they're you might think, oh, they're just exaggerating, or maybe they just think that that, <sighs> but I wish that were the case for me. So, my father bragged constantly. Um, he, at uh, the establishment where he worked, he, <laughs> I heard that he went and wanted a special meeting with the managers so that he could um, convince them that he had a million dollar idea and that he wouldn't tell them until they paid him a million dollars because he felt like his idea was worth that much to change the way the company did things and make it more profitable. Oh my gosh! He was laughed at. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> uh, of course it's their fault. My father, um, <clears throat> it says exaggerating your achievements. Um, he dropped out of community college because he didn't care to finish his schooling or even participate. And then um, boasted constantly about being self-taught and <laughs> holds the equivalent degrees because he's read a bunch of books. Oh, well, obviously. Also, we <laughs> read your older brother's, like, graduation thing for the church. Yeah, and it my was, father wrote. He was, like, 18 very, years old, and it was, like, 16 years of experience in it's photo editing. It's oh, the yeah. same stuff. Like, whenever my dad wanted, my dad wanted all of us to make him look good. Right. And that backfired on him the way he thought. So, <laughs> not that we weren't good, but that he, um, we didn't turn out the way he wanted. Um, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so, he um, always had these get rich quick schemes. None of them worked. Um, he, also, <laughs> he also bragged about how intelligent his friends are. Um, everyone was always brilliant. And just amazing and intelligent because he was incapable of keeping friends with someone who wasn't. Uh, mm. So if you were a good friend of his, it was because you were smart and brilliant. Um, requiring constant admiration, um, he would often bring books to family parties and sit in the corner and read because if he wasn't the center of attention, there was no point for him at trying to interact with anyone else. He would wait for people to come to him he would never go up and start conversations, ask people about themselves. He would always sit and wait for people to come to him. And if no one did, then poor pity him because everyone ignored him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My family's too loud to <laughs> read a book at a family gathering. <laughs> yeah. 
um, taking advantage of others to get what you want. Um, he had five, has five children and would, um, that were homeschooled. And we would often get sent to do free work for other people, free yard work, free whatever. In the family business, we would always have to work for him. Um, never got paid for it. So, when did you do schoolwork then? That's a good question. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, having an inability or unwillingness to recognize the needs and feelings of others. Um, his children grew up, and they didn't have a right to be adults. Because honoring your father and mother was more important than that. Mm -hmm. um, forget the part in the Bible where it talks about um, your children are like, you know, arrows and you're supposed to um, shoot them far away and let them fly and be on their own. No. He kept them all. <laughs> he wanted to keep them all to himself. <laughs> um, Even in marriage when they said, oh, you're supposed to, you know, leave your parents and go and cling to your... Yeah, no, apparently me and my husband were supposed to cling to my family... And my wedding was supposed to be about my family and not me and my husband. I mean, obviously, why would the wedding be about the bride and the groom? I know. And That's... not the bride's family. You know what I'm saying is it's all about the bride's family. It's really yeah. It's really stupid, huh? <laughs> That's why the bride's family gets to peck out her dress. Exactly. Yeah. Except they don't, because that's not how it works. No. <laughs> you tell them, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Um, behaving in an arrogant or haughty manner. Um, he was always quick to point out um, others' faults. Um, a party trick he liked to do, which I hated and begged him not to do with my husband when he first met him. Um, he liked to read, supposedly read people's body language and tell you exactly how they were um, from the way they acted and the way they carried themselves. And he liked to tell people. Did that, he ever do it successfully? That's I don't creepy. know. But he just claimed that he, you know, had a lot of... Um, Education psychology because he read a few books and decided that he knew how to do that. Oh, of course. Did he do it too? Um, Ryan? No, thank God. <laughs> okay. Um, I was wondering, but, like, how did it work? How well did it go? Well, I feel like as a parent, there's, you know, I'm not one yet. I'm, you know, still working on how I'm going to do that. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I, I know I'm going to make mistakes, but I also, you know, can learn from a lot of other people's mistakes. But one thing, when I was 12 years old, um, my parents sat me down. I was a shy child, and as a shy child, I would often kind of stand to myself with my arms crossed because I was shy. And, and that's like a protective kind and of it's, thing. And it's a defensive thing. Yeah. My parents sat me down and told me that I was being a bitch because... Did they really say that? They said I was coming <gasps> off as a bitch. What? And then I needed to loosen up. To a 12-year-old? I was 12. My dad got mad when I said damn when I was 14 regarding a pie. Now, I don't cuss ever. But yeah. <laughs> I gasped so much that I made me cough. Sorry. But, but I, oh, I will never wow. forget that because, I mean, it was eye-opening for me at the time. I didn't realize that I was coming off that way, but I feel like there might have been a better way <laughs> to tell better, me. It was a better, more tactful way. There might have been a better way to tell me. That's like, that is damaging. Mm -hmm. Like that, you were right at the cusp of puberty. At that point, where you're just starting to grow up. That's, oh, yeah. I. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've said this before, <laughs> but I'm going to reiterate that I can't believe how wonderful and normal Amy turned out. Yeah. <laughs> um, good, with the, which shows even more that, you know, even when you come from, like, an abusive situation, that you can be 
a normal and good person and well-adjusted and wonderful and amazing and beautiful and growing a baby and all these things. (laughs) Well, it's a choice, and we'll talk about more about that later, but it really is a choice because we've all, we've, we've all got scars and baggage. Um, All of us do. I'm sure there's scars and baggage y'all have that y'all haven't told me about, and I've got more that I haven't told you about. You know, there's just, and... But whether you let those negative things define you, that's the difference. Like, you don't walk around like the victim saying that, you know, poor, poor, pitiful me. Now, granted, we don't want to ever belittle someone's pain, but don't ever negate the fact that everyone's got pain. Yeah. No one has a perfect family. No one had a perfect childhood. No one's going to be perfect. <laughs> right. But, exactly. But the, the thing that makes us different and that should make us stand out is how we handle it and how we present ourselves moving forward. Do you choose to let that define you or are you going to use that to help others? And anything bad that happens to you, there's a reason. I'm not saying that God makes bad things happen to you. I don't believe that. But he does allow you to grow from it. And he does working you to make you a better person for it if you let him if you let it happen otherwise you're just gonna become a wallowist wallowing pitiful person and i know those people too so <laughs> so anyway i digress yes um although no, that was like that deserved a woo <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm startled it's the woo corner over there <laughs> Although some features of narcissistic personality disorder may seem like having confidence, it's not the same. NPD, uh, NPD crosses the border of healthy confidence into thinking so highly of yourself that you put yourself on a pedestal and value yourself more than you value others. That's, I like how they phrase that, mm-hmm. healthy confidence. There is a difference because you don't want to be demoralizing to yourself, but you also realize that you're no more important than someone else. You just right. maybe have a different idea than someone else, you know. Yeah. Um, the Mayo Clinic, you know, because it's a disorder, they also talk about, you know, the symptoms, when to see a doctor. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> which is difficult because most of them don't want to. Causes. Um, it's not known what causes narcissistic personality disorder, as with other mental disorders. The cause is likely complex. Um, Maybe linked to mismatches in parent-child relationships with either excessive pampering or excessive criticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Genetics or psychobiology. Nature versus nurture. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which I think it's a combination of both. Yeah. It really is. Um, The the connection between the brain and behavior and thinking. So it could be just a psychological thing. Yeah. Um, Risk factor says it's rare and um, may develop in their late teens, um, early adulthood. Um, affects males more than females, often begins in teens, yeah. Um, complications, huh. um, left untreated, which we'll talk about treatment, but, <laughs> um, relationship difficulties, problems at work or school, depression, that's very, very big, Ooh. um, drug or alcohol abuse, or suicidal thoughts or behavior, and unfortunately, I have a story for all of those, too. Oh. But I probably won't go into all of those, but to say that I have watched, had seen my father sink into a depression, and I, I couldn't tell whether it was serious or just because he wanted attention. Mm. And 
I don't really think that a child should see their parents that way. Yeah. So, I really don't know. Treatments Mm. and drugs? There really are no treatments or drugs for it. Um, It's really just going to um, therapy. But the trick is getting them to go and getting them to be honest. Oh, true. Getting them to take... And it really would take an intervention. And then they would have to believe that their family was right, which we can all see now is difficult. We should make an intervention banner like they have on How I Met Your Mother. Just like, this is an intervention. Mm-hmm. You've been eating too many tacos. Um, so psychotherapy um, says that... Areas of change are directed at helping you accept responsibility and learning to accept and maintain real personal relationships, collaboration with coworkers, recognize and accept your actual competence and potential so you can tolerate criticisms or failures, recognizing you're not perfect, recognizing it's okay not to be perfect. Um, I personally, you know, all my life have had a hard time accepting when I've made mistakes. Because, I think that's true of everybody. Like, yeah, but I would take it really personally. <laughs> and, you know, I wouldn't take it very well when someone pointed out because it was always, we'll get into more of that later, but I wasn't supposed to make mistakes as right. a child. I was better than that. That's when you make mistakes as a child <laughs> and right. as an adult and as right. an old person and well. as a dead person. <laughs> That would be. You made the mistake of being dead. I, zombie I'm just mistakes. Saying, zombie mistakes. <laughs> just saying mistakes are a part of life. <laughs> they are. Because you said nobody's zombie mistakes. I just pictured the zombie going like, instead of saying brains, he goes like, grains. Yeah. Like, no, you made a mistake. You, you said fool. the wrong thing. He's a vegetarian zombie. Exactly. Like, come along. You've been ostracized. <laughs> um, <coughs> increase your ability to understand and regulate your feelings. Understand and tolerate the impact of issues related to your self-esteem. Release and your desire for unattainable goals and ideal conditions and gain an acceptance of what's attainable and what you can accomplish. Um, that's very difficult for them to do. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, it goes into prevention. There's really not a whole lot you can do, unfortunately. It just kind of seems like a hopeless situation. Um... It doesn't have to be, but for severe cases, you know. Well, I think it's something that's you can't something that's really hard you can't to prevent from happening. I mean, I guess in terms of trying to make sure that whatever you do doesn't like as far as raising a child or something that mm-hmm. you don't spoil them or give them a sense of like more importance than other people or something being able to raise them correctly, but mm-hmm. as far as like the chemical part of the brain if that's what it is you can't really prevent that from happening Mm-mm. but maybe if they are able to see the difference between how they are supposed to act and how they are actually thinking maybe that's easier for them to realize something's wrong I don't know that's it's such a weird gray area but I think it's terms of just knowing um or like as far as prevention goes teaching other people how they should be acting how mm-hmm. to be empathetic or whatever if they can <laughs> like if it's in their capacity but yeah i mean it's kind of hard <laughs> to do mm-hmm. especially by the time i'm we... sure there's some kind of overlap between narcissists and sociopaths because sociopaths lack empathy so i mean yeah. if you're both i don't think there's really yeah. a way 
I'm yeah. Sh- yeah, I'm sure there's an overlap. There's no way there's not an overlap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a psychologist. I know. Yeah, <laughs> Sarah's read books. You read uh-huh. books. I have all the qualifications. Exactly. You're in WebMD all the time. <laughs> I do, and then it's always cancer. I always have cancer. Yep, your eye hurts. It's cancer. Yeah. Oh no, my eye hurt the other day. Like Aww. it was like really hurting. It was probably just a headache. But I, I messaged my friend who sits down the aisle from me. I was like, "Is it a brain tumor? What do I do?" <laughs> She was like, take some Tylenol, you're fine. I know, I felt like, I was like, I've been hanging out with Sarah too much, because last night I had, like, the slightest little pain in the left side of my chest. I'm like, oh my god, it's a heart attack. I'm dying. I had that too. <laughs> I had that, like, last year when I was really stressed out. Like, I was so tense, and, like, I was having chest pain, and I was like, oh my god, I'm only 26. I'm too young now. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, you just need to, like, unclench, you're fine. <laughs> unclench. <laughs> unclench everything, just like, any deep breaths. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Back to... Uh, oh, yeah. It's not always cancer. <laughs> it's not always cancer. Sometimes you could just be narcissistic. Yes! Well, NPD. <laughs> they are delusional. Oh. I mean, it's... They look at something and see what they want to see. That makes sense. So, and I, I firmly believe, because I've tried it, you can't reason with unreasonable people. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard. Um, and that's what makes dealing with someone or handling situations with these people so difficult because you don't understand why they can't see reason and the the empathetic part of you wants to understand them and you want to be able to help them but you have to realize that at some point you're enabling them right so as a child of a narcissist here's some signs 10 signs of a narcissistic parent. So this is how a narcissistic parent would act. Um, uh, They can be defined as someone who lives through, is possessive of, and or engages in marginalizing competition with the offspring. Um, Typically, the narcissistic parent perceives the independence of a child as a threat, Mm. coerces the offspring to exist in the parent's shadow with unreasonable expectations. In a narcissistic parenting relationship, the child is rarely loved just for being herself or himself. Um, and here's... That's like, there's a difference between major league and minor league. Like, <laughs> you should be competing on different levels. Come on. Right. You yeah, shouldn't right? be competing. Exactly. <laughs> competing against other people. Don't compete. Well, except- I don't know. You know what I mean. It's a <laughs> metaphor. Right. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking. Yeah. <laughs> right. They, I mean, like, you probably think of movies or something where that happened. Like, I feel like that there was, like, a, I can't think of what it was, but I feel like there was, like, a movie or TV show where it was, like, the parent, or, like, the mom was, like, a beauty pageant kind of mm-hmm. lady, made the daughter do it, but then was also sort of, like, almost, like, competing with the daughter. Uh, John Benet Ramsey? Oh, there you go. Sarah, Sarah knows. Right. About it, was that a movie? I don't know. Well, I watched that E! special. I know, they, they did make a lot of specials on it. I thought they made a Lifetime movie at one point. Uh, probably. I'm, but, I'm yeah, sure like, did. Patsy Ramsey, she was Miss West Virginia. Yeah. She dyed her daughter's hair blonde before she was even five. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, like, oh. there are some pictures where she's brunette. And I mean, there's no reason for her to not be brunette because both of her parents are brunette. So. Oh. Mm. oh, that's so creepy. Yeah, yeah so that. Like, mm. And then. I know way more about the child <laughs> And then <laughs> using the murder as like way to gain empathy, I guess. 
to mm. be in the spotlight again. I think her brother did it on accident. Okay, well, but and still. then her dad finished. Mm. Yeah. That's a whole Ugh. other episode. That is. That is something completely different. <laughs> of but course, for those who I don't know, uh, Sarah um, loves true crime, yeah. so yeah. that's going to come out. <laughs> I'm going to solve everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, signs of a narcissistic parent. We've um, talked about signs of a narcissist, um, or I should say a NPD. Um, let's look at a parent, how that's different, because um, you're going to interact, they're going to interact differently with their children. So, number one, and I should say these um, these articles that I found are all from, like, psychological websites, and they're not just, you know, I didn't just Google and pull up whatever I found. That's some random, like, random no, person's blog. This wasn't, like, like, Cosmo's list of narcissism. <laughs> like, I found good wow, stuff here. Cosmo's gotten deep. Yeah, Ten ways to please your narcissist. <laughs> well, that's another one in here. <laughs> but I remember you saying, like, narcissists act different depending on who they're with, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure your parents oh. acted completely different when we were around than when it was just you guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, they use, um, or they, they use or they live through their child. Um, narcissistic parents set expectations not for the benefit of the child, but for the fulfillment of their own selfish needs and dreams. Instead of raising a child whose own thoughts, emotions, and goals are nurtured and valued, the offspring becomes a mere extension of the parent's personal wishes, with the child's individuality diminished. Mm. That I can relate to, too. Um, I had my own dreams, but... Um, my father had his own ideas for how he wanted all of us to be, and he had his own idea for the kind of person he wanted me to be, and I didn't turn out to be that person, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, number two, marginalization. There's your big word. Yeah. Some. <laughs> some narcissistic parents are threatened by their offspring's potential, promise, and success as they challenge the parent's self-esteem. They don't want them to be more successful Mm, than them. Nope. (laughs) They might make a concerted effort to put the child down so the parent remains superior. That's hella rude. (laughs) (laughs) Includes nitpicking, unreasonable judgment and criticisms, unfavorable comp comparisons, invalidation of positive attitudes and emotions, and rejection of success and accomplishments. So, if what you accomplish isn't what they wanted you to accomplish, or it looks better than them, then that's not good for them. Um, number three, grandiosity and superiority. Um, have a, they have a falsely inflated self-image with a conceited sense about who they are and what they do. Um, individuals around the narcissist are not treated as human beings, but merely tools to be used for personal gain. It's kind yeah. of... Yeah. <laughs> that, sorry, I was thinking, I'm like, man. They use their children to get what they want. Yeah. Gain access to things that maybe they wouldn't normally... Um, gain sympathy from people. Oh, think of the children. Think right. of the children. <laughs> somebody think of the children. Um, even adopting other children to make yourself Yeah. Better. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. 
Um, number four, superficial image. They love to show others how special they are. Um, enjoy publicly parading what they consider their superior dispositions, be it material or possessions, physical appearance, projects, and accomplishments, background, memberships, yada, yada, yada. Um, <clears throat> this is inerrant in the home that we lived in. We moved a lot. But um, one of the homes, we had way too much stuff in there. And I think we didn't need to have that much stuff, but it was a way with all to make us look like we were wealthy and had more than we did. Oh. You did have like a lot of big Lego sets that I was jealous of. Well, those were, those were my brother's Christmas presents. Oh, okay. But, um... Well, I remember there was everybody going over to help you guys move that one time. Like, you got too much stuff. There was, you had like an entire pile in your front yard. There was too junk, much. And I yeah. thought, I was just kind of like, wow. Yeah. How many Let's just accumulate stuff because mm -hmm. you want, you look at your wealth and how much you have. And yeah, I, I got clutter too, but you know. Everybody does. Everybody yeah. does. There's a difference between yeah. being like, oh, look at all the stuff that I need to get rid of and being like, look at all this stuff that I have. Yeah. Look at this and look at that. Then um, there is the, um, let's see, oh yeah, number five. Can we pause? Unpause? Yeah, unpause. Five is manipulation. Um, common examples of narcissistic parenting manipulation include the guilt trip. Um, I've done everything for you, and you're so ungrateful. That's my favorite trip. <laughs> <laughs> Blaming, it's your fault that I'm not happy. <laughs> Shaming, your poor performance is an embarrassment to the family. Negative comparison, why can't you be as good as such and such or so and so? Unreasonable pressure, you will perform at your best to make me proud. Manipulative reward and punishment, if you don't pursue the college major I chose for you, I will cut off my support. Mm -hmm. um, emotional coercion you're not a good daughter or son unless you measure up to my expectations a common theme running through these forms of ma manipulation is that love is given as a conditional reward rather than natural expression of healthy parenting on the other hand the withholding of love is used as threat and punishment Ooh. conditional that yeah that's so messed up yeah no bueno <laughs> yeah. um, six, inflexible and touchy. Um, they regulate their offspring on minor details and can become upset when there's a deviation. One reason for the parent's inflexibility and touchiness is the desire to control the child. The narcissist responds negatively and disproportionately when he or she sees that the offspring will not always be pulled by the strings. Oh. How dare they not Defiance. be a Defiance. You break those strings, Amy. Defiance. I got no strings. Dishonor. There are no strings on me. I haven't seen that movie. Pinocchio? No. What? And you haven't seen, like, anything. It's not. Yeah, it's all right. I haven't seen like, I just haven't watched it yet. It's like I felt that way about Bambi. I was like, yeah, it's okay. Well, Bambi's sad, so. Yeah. So, I don't know. Pinocchio's creepy, but whatever. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Doesn't he get eaten by a whale? That's that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, number seven, lack of empathy. Sociopaths. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. Um, Woo! <laughs> inability, <laughs> to be, inability to be mindful of child's own thoughts and feelings and validate them as real as important. Only what the parent thinks and feels matters. Children may respond with one of three survival instincts. 
they fight back and stand up for themselves, they fight in distance from their parents, or they freeze and substitute their invalidated real self with a false persona. Oh. Yeah, it really depends on the person, how they are affected by it, their personality. Um, number eight, dependency, codependency. Some narcissistic parents expect their children to take care of them for the rest of their lives. This type of dependency can be emotional, physical, and or financial. A narcissistic parent typically manipulates an offspring into making unreasonable sacrifices with little regard for the offspring's own priority and needs. Mm. Some narcissistic parents may also maneuver their adult child into codependency. Mm. Yeah. Number nine, jealousy and possessiveness. And I say it like that because yeah. I have my name written by here. So oh my um, they may become extremely jealous at any signs of the child's growing maturity and independence. Any perceived act of individualization and separation are interpreted negatively and personally. In particular, <clears throat> the appearance of a romantic partner and the adult's Offspring's life may be viewed as a major threat and frequently re- responded to with rejection, criticism, and or competition. Mm. My husband yes. <laughs> had to endure this. Um, like I said before, we didn't realize that my father was a narcissist until much later. It probably would have been easier for me if I'd known this in the beginning, but we were all looking through different kind of glasses at the time. It's hard to see things when you're right in the middle of it. Well, you like, don't. it's hard to see the forest for the trees. You oh. don't ever want to think it's that bad. Yeah. Like, Exactly. You wants to believe that their father is a narcissist. Like, right. you don't want, you want to, I mean, as much as they want to have, like, the persona, the perfect family, you, mm-hmm. you want that too, honestly. Like, who doesn't want that? Well, you also don't ever want to believe that your parents don't want what's best for you. Yeah. That too, yeah. And that's hard to admit and accept that, yeah, your parents aren't acting in your best interests. <laughs> well, number 10 um, is neglect. In some situations, a narcissistic parent may choose to focus primarily on her or his self-absorbing interests, which to the narcissist are more exciting than child raising. Child is either left to the other parent or on his or her own. Um, I didn't experience this part. Um, I feel like it probably contradicts with some of the other things, but, you know, just as if we're all different, narcissists are also a little different too, so they handle it differently. We're going to kind of speed through these next things. Um, this is six signs you were raised by a narcissist. This is the part that when I was reading, I was like, oh my gosh. And I call my husband and say, this, listen to this. This, (laughs) I'm like, this is me, isn't it? And unfortunately, when I read this, it sounds really sad because you, you hear it and you're like, well, that's a horrible thing to think of yourself, but it's true. So, (laughs) you're a complete doormat, Amy. (laughs) A narcissistic parent will trample all over their family to address their own desires without giving much thought to anyone else's needs. Because of this, some adult children of narcissists will actually overcorrect and bend over backwards to make sure no one can ever possibly perceive them in this way. Alternately, they may have grown up all their lives being told that their needs don't matter. Either way, the result is the same. They let people walk all over them because they're not in touch with what they need and they don't know how to express it. They're not able to say I matter and I have needs because that feels narcissistic. Someone who's fighting hard not to be narcissistic ends up being trampled on. 
And that would be me because I fought so hard to not be perceived as selfish um, or to put myself above others that even planning my own wedding was difficult because I had to be okay with the fact that it could be all about me. And right. I could make it's this. supposed to be all about you. <laughs> yeah. But I felt guilty for thinking that, that it was about me. And, of course, my husband, but, you know, he's there. You know? <laughs> but, you know, it's my husband doesn't like parties. And if he had his way, we wouldn't have had a big wedding. Uh, um, but, you know, there were parts of it that he really liked. Potatoes. <laughs> there were baked potatoes. There was a, baked, there was a candy bar. A baked potato yeah. and a candy buffet. So, yes. And the Outback Bread. Oh, oh yeah. So, and yeah. Star Wars And people. lots of Star Wars because <laughs> I'm wearing a 40th anniversary Star Wars shirt right now. Heck yeah. So that, um, when I read that, I was like, that makes a lot of sense because I've always thought that about myself. That um, I was a pushover um, because I try to make people happy. And I had a hard time standing up for myself because I did not want to be perceived as... I didn't even realize I was fighting against the persona of my my father, but I was. So, um, as I've gotten older, you know, I've gotten a little stronger thanks to my husband, who's really great helping me. But he's gotten a lot better. He he had to learn this stuff too, because he didn't understand why I was this way. He he knew I was a strong person, but he didn't understand why I would cower to my parents, and I would. Yeah. You know. Um, number two, you might be, you're afraid you might be a narcissist yourself. That's a big one. Um, uh, th- number three, and this is sad. This is really sad. Um, because this is actually one of my other brothers. Um, you feel relentlessly competitive with or resentful of your sibling. Narcissists have trouble with personal boundaries in view of other people as extensions of themselves. In families with several children, I have one of many children, you may be chosen to reflect the narcissist's best qualities. That was me. My father wanted me to reflect him. I had that pressure. Um, I was named after his his deceased mother. I had a lot on me to be what he wanted me to be, which was more of a blow when I, in his mind, completely dishonored him and left him. Um, whereas my, one of my other brothers, um, oh yeah, so they get the most attention, praise, and support, but are also under the most pressure to perform. So I was on this pedestal. Um, I knew I was on a pedestal. I hated being on a pedestal and my siblings saw me on a pedestal and it could cause, um, you know, friction. Um, but another child may be targeted for the parents blame and shame and scapegoated as a burden that can can never do anything right compared to the chosen child that was one of my brothers and we both had different childhoods that often tends to happen with children of multiple uh, families with multiple children who have a narcissist parent Um, different ones tend to be treated differently and that is very true for mine Mm -hmm. we each have different um, memories of childhood it wasn't until just recently that I learned how different mine was than, than my brothers and even my sister. I had no idea. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, they may be blamed as the reason that the narcissist parent is forced to act in an abusive way. 
Both projections are two different sides of a narcissist's personality, but the chosen child and the scapegoat will have two very different childhoods, and this puts them against each other, even in adulthood. And I can say that's absolutely true, that we were often um, pitted against each other for different reasons. My parents um, were very good at pointing out um, one children's faults to the other and pointing out when one has failed and also in my case um telling them to be more like me which is not good either (laughs) you know and me getting supposed special treatment and I didn't feel like I deserved it but you know when you're a kid what do you do um this says what can you do about that reach out to your sibling with what you've learned If you were the chosen child, you might resent your sibling for the fact that they were under a lot of pressure, a lot less pressure than you. Sometimes. Um, If you were the scapegoat, you might resent your sibling for soaking up all the praise and glory and leaving none for you. Understand that the narcissist pits people against each other on purpose to serve their own needs, and this dynamic wasn't your fault. Extremely narcissistic people love to put people on pedestals almost as much as they enjoy knocking them off, and I could say that would probably be my life for the past six years being put on this pedestal and then being knocked off and kicked while I was down (laughs) (laughs) yeah um number four at times you felt you were more your parents partner than your child so you kind of feel like you have to um be responsible for them um that wasn't necessarily in my case but it can happen um number five you derive self-worth solely from your achievements um that can happen too you're taught by your parents that you are um, only as important as what you can achieve. Um, Because that's what the narcissist feels. Right. And they project that onto their children. Number six, you have no sense of self, yourself, your wants, your needs, and your goals. Um, uh, Telling trait of narcissism is grandiosity, thoughts or feelings that one is superior to others, even if one doesn't have the achievements to justify it. Um, those parents may see themselves as elite, but because they never achieved certain success, they may find meaning in living vicariously through their children. And whereas the child doesn't have the benefit of having their own goals or their needs don't matter, their wants don't matter because it's what the parent wants through them. Um, like with your family, all of your goals were all tied up with what everybody else, like you were all seen almost like from an outside perspective you guys were seen as a yeah one giant unit not rather than individual people yes you're part of that family not exactly unique to that yeah so that's true um and the guy who wrote this article um says that there are three signs as an adult um an adult should consider going low or no contact with parents um abuse denial and psycho uh, psychopathy no one should ever have to put up with emotional or physical abuse, and if parents can't acknowledge the fact that there's a problem in the first place, then there's little chance that anything will change, um, which in this case will look like a pattern of easy lies and remorseless manipulation, indicates that the parents aren't just bad at putting themselves in other shoes. They may actually lack the ability to empathize with others, may even lack a conscience. Sociopaths! <laughs> right? Woo! <laughs> and this is the important part because for those of us who are abused in this way, um, it's it's easy to forget this. 
abusers are a hundred percent responsible for their abuse. Yes. Yes. And only they can stop it. Until yes. they do, interactions won't be safe. It is perfectly okay for you to just remove yourself from the situation. You don't have to wait it out. You don't have to give them the benefit of the doubt. And you don't have to explain yourself to them either. No. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time they won't listen. Yes. And coming from, you know, I always talk about my job, but that's exactly what I have to tell people in my job is that the person experiencing the abuse is never responsible. No matter how they may feel, they usually always do feel like it's their fault. Mm-hmm. Like you felt like it was... I'm sure you felt like you were at fault for, like, a long time, seeing as you were, like, supposedly a doormat for a lot of things. You think you're responsible for your own actions, too, but... And mm-hmm. even after you leave, you may be, well, why did I stay there? It's my own fault for staying there so long. It's my own fault for letting them treat me like that. And it's not. Exactly. Right. You do what you have to in order to survive in mm-hmm. whatever environment you're in. If you had spoken up a lot sooner, things would have gone south pretty quickly, you know? Yeah, and it, it really depends on your um, your your emotional state of being, but also where you are in life. Um, had I tried to break away when I was still living there, <laughs> that would have yeah. been. I mean, there's sometimes you you um, financially can't get away, mm-hmm. and that's that's where it gets hard. And that's the position that we were in for so long is that we were financially captive there. Right, uh, we were not able to get out, and. Um, you have to, you feel guilty for wanting out because you feel, or in my situation, I felt like I would be abandoning them if I wasn't there to help them financially. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I you can't... You shouldn't have been required to help them financially I anyway. can't stay there forever. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like the fact that I had to help financially wasn't the big deal. It was the fact that I was made to feel guilty for wanting to grow up and have my own life. Yeah. And that's the difference. Right. And you were even told by some of your siblings who were still on their side, like, they did so much for us. How could you turn on them when your parents did so much for us? And then you're like, well, they didn't actually, if you look at it from take a step back and actually see how things sure. were, it's you don't see through those rose-colored glasses sure. anymore. And I also want to point out that I have a lot of great memories with my parents. I really oh, do. Yeah. I've had a lot of laughter, um, and, and and that's possible. I have good memories. Um, not everything in my childhood was terrible, but um, that doesn't mean that the bad things were okay. And that's kind of what keeps someone in their position for so long is they keep looking at the good things. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. And they try and weigh it out, and you shouldn't. Um, because the longer I was there, I didn't realize the emotional damage I was incurring. But um, we're going to have to do this in two parts. So this is going to be the last article I read for this first part. Um, 19 signs you had a narcissistic parent. The thing about having a narcissistic parent is that you have been taught to believe that you are the crazy and imbalanced one instead of them. This causes you to constantly doubt yourself and any feelings you have about them. Um, Another major sign of being raised by narcissists is the constant guilt you struggle with. In other words, while you might suspect that something is off with your parents, you feel ashamed to think about them in this way and you tend to start beating yourself up instead, which is what we just said. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's two types of um, narcissists. Uh, the engulfing narcissist. These are the parents who see their children as extensions of themselves. In other words, engulfing narcissist parents 
become obsessively involved in your life to an extreme extent. They don't respect your boundaries or acknowledge you as a separate person. That was my experience. Mm. Then there's two, the ignoring narcissist. These are the parents who have very little interest in their children. Um, They clearly see the boundary between themselves and their children. As a result, they neglect to take care of the children or show an active interest in their lives. I can say part of that was for me, but... um, In certain aspects of your life. Right. So, number one, and then we'll just kind of speed through these. Um, But I'll point out the ones that really um, were relevant to me. They tried to uh, control you through codependency. They laid on the guilt thick. They only loved you when you did what they wanted. Mm. They liked to get even with you. Um, That was probably my experience later. They never respected your boundaries. That was mine. (laughs) They competed with you. Um, I would say it was very subtle, but yes, in my for me, they owned your accomplishments. Um, anything I did that my my dad liked to brag about, if it made him look good. They constantly lied to you. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was um, a very big revelation in my life when I realized that a lot of the people that my parents had told me were really bad and horrible people actually weren't, and they were the people who had truth. Um, but someone who lies doesn't like to be around people who have truth and they try to discredit them, which I lost out on a lot of relationships in my life because of that. Um, they never listened to you or cared about your feelings. They constantly insulted you. Um, they exerted explicit control over you, which, um, I would say financially, yes, for me. Um, they gaslighted you. Um, I'll delve into this a little bit more. In order to control you, they use a psychological manipulation tactic known as gaslighting. What this means is that they would deliberately make you feel crazy or cause you to doubt your sanity in order to gain the upper hand. This led to the development of constant self-doubt during your childhood, adolescence, and present life. That's a new word. I know. I've heard it, but I didn't know what it meant. It's become more popular because people are recognizing what it is now, and they use it a lot, but it Mm -hmm. is... yeah, it happens yeah. a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they parentified you, so they expected you to be the parent. Um, they, they had a favorite or golden child. That was my experience I just said earlier. Um, I can't be specific, but there were times that I was taken aside and told how much better I was than other siblings. For real? Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's a lot of pressure. Wow. And a lot of, like... Well, and a horrible feeling, because what if that other person found out? Exactly. Like, and then you have to think, well, are they telling that to the other person? And Mm -hmm. I did realize later on, because I heard from one of my other brothers, that, um, my, my parent would tell him that he was really glad that this bad thing was happening, because my husband really needed to, um, get some perspective and learn, you know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so messed up. Yeah. Um, they reacted intensely to any form of criticism. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just well, a little bit. Well, probably a big, big thing to, to point out about that. Um, the week before I got married, I was taken aside by my parents. I had to live at home for three months before I got married um, because I, um, I had my own apartment, and I lived at home for three months before I moved in with my husband when we got married. So... That was a difficult situation. Anyway, things were already rocky, but, you know, I didn't know how much. My parents wanted to sit me down and have a pre-wedding talk. And my, <laughs> Which was more or less just them um, 
exerting their disappointment with my husband and also their fear for our marriage and for me and essentially trying to, again, talk me out of marrying him. But, Normally, like, a pre-wedding talk is like, no, here's what's going to happen the night no. of, sweetheart. I want you to lay back and think of England. No. <laughs> like, that's what I would have expected. No. No, no, that's what they used to tell their daughters. No. That was, like, the sex talk. I can think of England. Yeah. You no. never heard that before? No. Oh, it's a thing. It's a thing. No, I, I was sat down and told <laughs> by my father that I was, that I was selfish. And I asked him why he thought that, and he pointed out one thing. is like he came into my room one day while I was living there and needed to ask for the keys to my car. And I asked why. And he just looked at me and said, never mind, and walked away. What? <laughs> and, he, and so he referenced this, and I said... It's your car. I said, the reason I told you I asked why is because you often borrow our cars, use the gas, don't fill it back up. And I wanted to know why you wanted to use it. Because you have your own car and own gas. Yeah. And he said, well, you should have just trusted me. I've let you use my cars forever. And I think that was just selfish. It's <laughs> dangerous to not allow people to ask questions. Mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to ask questions. I was, I was supposed to trust and explicitly without any reason. Yeah. And questions were not invited. That is a military regime. And, that is not... And that also indicates, like, you're not allowed to have your own thoughts. That's basically, right. like, thought police. You need to like, be a parent. It's a problem. Right. Um, they projected their bad behavior onto you. They never displayed any empathy. So um, <laughs> they were infallibly correct and never wrong. That's a big one. Um, they like to present a perfect family image to outsiders. Yay! That's the whole thing when we first met you. Yeah, we, we, we were, were told by other people that they that she was Amy's family was the perfect family, and all the brothers and sisters were all best friends. And oh, God. They, yeah, they I were, love my brother. He is not my best friend. Oh, yeah. I have three sisters, and no. <laughs> so, like, that's why I was like, they had this whole image that was, I didn't. It took a yeah. while. It took a long time to realize. Like it mm-hmm. took years because it was yeah. played that way by so many yeah. people and by so yeah. yeah. But we will end this part and pick up with um, a couple more things. Um, oh, we still have much to talk. About. Yeah. We have much to discuss. I, we'll be back. It was, we'll see you next. It would have been too long. <laughs> yeah. So we'll talk more about narcissism when we come back again next week so thank you for tuning into simply smashing thank you so much amy for sharing your stories with us we love you and you are so not narcissistic (laughs) sarah maybe she's on the spectrum i'm borderline yes but we love you and we will talk to you again next week let's talk more about this Awesome. awesome subject all right peace out home skillets stay woke fam stay woke fam bye bye Patty, you're supposed to say bye. Oh, adios, muchachos. Bye. Bye. Bye.